We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for December 21st, 2014. And um, leaving off with the whole wickedness, depravity, mass demon possession of these Muslims. Uh, particularly, you know, obviously the most radical elements are the most demon-possessed of the toenails. Uh, but again, all that is really doing is being true to Islam. That's what Islam is. Uh, I mean, when you have the guy that started Islam, Muhammad, taking a wife, Aisha, and this is all admitted, his favorite wife, Aisha, at the age of six, and supposedly waiting three years at the age of nine to consummate the marriage. When you have that kind of depravity as the foundations, the underpinnings of your black death cult, it's no wonder that, that all manner of wickedness has spawned from it. I mean, if the foundations be corrupt, what can the righteous do? And the foundations of this devil cult were corrupt from the beginning, and they've only perpetuated even further. So, Bible verses dealing with God's wrath on the wicked just to refresh our memories on, on some of these Bible verses. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked, and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. So the whole thing about God loves everybody, and he loves everybody just to say, well, we need to clarify that. Because there's a lot of Bible verses here, that right here. But the wicked, the wicked, and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. Okay, so that's how God feels about the wicked and him that loveth violence. Psalm 11, verse 6. Upon the wicked shall he rain snares, fire and brimstone, and an horrible tempest. Meaning a really bad storm. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord, for the righteous Lord loveth righteousness, his countenance doth behold the upright. That's two of the things God loves. Psalm 26, verse 5. I have hated the congregation of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. Psalm 37, verse 28. For the Lord loveth judgment, and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. Psalm 68, verse 2. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melteth before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. In other words, is the world a better place with or without ISIS? Is there less sin in the world without ISIS and its wicked, evil, devil ways? Yes, it's a much better place, obviously. So let the wicked perish at the presence of God. Those that can be saved, I pray would be saved. But God knows the beginning from the end. He knows there who are of the, the seed of the wicked. And I would venture to say that you're getting 99.9 percentile on something like ISIS or these, especially the most rat. And I understand there have been Muslims that have been saved. But you get to this point where, I mean, you know, you're killing men, women, children, just any whatever, and raping, pillaging, raping little girls. I mean, you know, you get to that point and you've been turned over to a reprobate mind. You have had your conscience seared with a hot iron, as the Bible talks about. And, you know, I don't think that there's a whole lot of them that are, are going to get saved. From a biblical standpoint. I mean, narrows the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it. And even fewer 
if you're doing that level of wickedness. You know, so I'm just, I'm basing it on that. Psalm 119, 155. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they seek not thy statutes. They don't seek the word of God. They seek evil. So therefore, salvation is far from them. Proverbs 3.33 The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. So there's a curse in their house. Well, you reap what you sow. Can you imagine all of this terrible sowing of evil? Like you sow a seed? This is what they do. Proverbs 16.4 the Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Now that's a hard one to comprehend. I personally can't really comprehend it, but it's not my universe. It's not my, you know, my show. It's God's. He has made even the wicked for the day of evil. Romans 9.21, and this, this kind of explains that some, I believe. If you have a you're like, well, I don't understand that. Well, read this. Romans 9.21 Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? That would be like the wicked. Because, I mean, God has, he hath made all things for himself. All things. Yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. So he's made one vessel unto honor and one unto dishonor in this particular instance. Next verse. What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. So see, he's endured with much long suffering these vessels of wrath. Uh, the greatest example I can show you is what we're seeing before us with ISIS. Fitted. That word translated from the Greek means prepared ahead of time. Fitted. To destruction. They're prepared ahead of time for God's destruction. That's what they have to look forward to. And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy. Now the vessels of mercy would be a born again Christian. Okay. Which he had a four prepared unto glory. Meaning he's actually prepared them ahead of time as well. God knows the beginning from the end. I mean, just look at the book of Revelation. You know, I mean, there are certain things in Daniel that haven't even happened yet. Daniel 12.10, which speaks of this same time, of, this, of the end times. Many shall be purified and made white. These would be the born-again Bible-believing Christians. Many shall be purified and made white and tried. That's how, you're, that's how you are purified. It's through trying. You, you heat silver to burn off the dross. You heat gold to burn out impurities. Okay, So that is being tried. You're made white. Your garments are white. Okay, And that's how you're purified. But the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand. These, these things, these, these vessels of wrath, fitted, prepared ahead of time for God's destruction. Like in, I'm just talking about ISIS here in this specific. I understand there's a lot of wicked people on the planet. That have nothing to do with ISIS. But I'm just talking about them for this instance. So we can kind of, I don't know, take it in context. They don't even, it's like they don't 
it's saying they don't understand. It's almost like they think, they, they really do think they're doing this as a good thing for Allah. They think they're being true to their, well they are, they're being true to their death cult, Islam. And they think they're doing this, this grand jihad, they're making the world a better place. They're really that sick and deluded in the head. They don't understand. But the wise shall understand. See, for us, as born-again Christians looking at this, it's like, it's a no-brainer. It's like, how could you not understand this wickedness that you're doing is wicked. Psalm 58.3, the wicked are estranged from the womb. Meaning like you're like an estranged wife, a wife that has went off. You heard of that term before? The wicked are estranged. It's almost like they've gone astray from God from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. In other words, they're a vessel of wrath fitted or prepared ahead of time for God's destruction. In that particular case, and there's nothing you can do about it. They cannot be saved. I don't believe they can be saved because they are wicked. They are literally prepared ahead of time for that fate. I don't understand that. And it's not it's not ours to judge in you know, like granted we judge fruit, but it's not for us to say, well, I guess there are certain instances I think you could know pretty well, <laughs> you know, but we, we also don't want to judge lest ye be judged, and we would judge we should judge ourselves that we would not be judged of God, okay? Um, I think there's a fine line you have to kind of strike there, because God knows truly who are the wicked, and who truly maybe are not, and maybe will get saved. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf adder, I mean snake, poisonous snake, adder, that stoppeth her ear. Break their teeth, O God, in their mouth. That's what the psalmist is asking God to do to the wicked. Now, if God does that, is the world a better place or is it a worse place? When God judges wickedness, good things always happen. People always get saved. The righteous will be glad in the Lord and trust in him, and all the upright in heart will glory. That wicked person is not left on the earth to further do wickedness anymore. He can't commit more wickedness, because he's dead. That's a good That's a good thing. Or is it better that the wicked live long lives and commit massive amounts of wickedness and kill innocent people? Or is that a better thing? That's how you have to look at it. Matthew... 1336, then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house and his field. He answered and said unto them, oh no, and he went in, he went into his house and his disciples came on him and said, declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field, the tares, the weeds. Jesus answered, he said, he answered and said unto them, he that soweth the good seed is the son of man. That's, that's Jesus. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. Be like a born-again Bible-believing Christian. But the tares, okay, the weeds that grew up in this field, are the children of the wicked one. They are the literal seed of the wicked one. According to God here. Now, there's another Bible verse that relates to this. Genesis 3.15, where God is pronouncing his judgment on the serpent that deceived Eve and Eve. And he says, 
to the serpent, I will put enmity, meaning war, between thee and the woman, the serpent seed and the woman. Now, I'm not talking about serpent seed doctrine. Okay, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about wicked people that are just wicked and they're prepared ahead of time for that destruction. I will put enmity or war between thee and the woman and between thy seed, the tares of the earth, the weeds that were just talked about in the parable, and her seed, the seed of Eve, that are good, I think in this particular instance we would, we would say, the ones appointed for heaven. So there's a lot of Bible verses that kind of talk about this, and, and these are some of the ones that, that um, relate to this subject. When you see this manner and this level of wickedness that is just so impossible to even comprehend, that the Muslims commit these atrocities on a day-by-day day basis at an ever-increasing rate, these Bible verses help us to make sense of all of that, and how this could be so, and why God would let it go on. Remember, God enduring with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath fitted or prepared ahead of time for God's destruction? And what if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to God's destruction? I mean, I think like all of the judgments and revelation that we see is that wrath, is the, is the actual, when God will show his true wrath to make his power known. I think that's what we're seeing in Revelation. So, maybe that kind of helps you make sense of the whole thing. On a subject that, that might be a really hard one for a lot of Christians to actually make sense of. Okay, so getting back to the current events. Uh, the next one is entitled, Muslim Jihadists in Yemen blow up a busload of, of young schoolgirls. Can you remember, this is just since, you know, the, like the last couple weeks, all these reports I'm dealing with here. Pretty much. In the name of Allah, the merciful Muslims, and Allah, the merciful. They call Allah the merciful? I mean, this is how deluded they are in, in, their, in their brains. I mean, merciful. Everything about Islam is, is the most unmerciful death cult I've ever seen. And they say Allah, they say he's the merciful. I mean, you you got to be so far gone to even have that conception of Allah in your brain. In the name of Allah, Muslims continue to prove why Islam is the true religion of peace. And then, um, except for when they're murdering children, raping little girls, beheading Christians, stabbing and running over Jews, stoning women, enslaving blacks, stealing land from Hindus, Christians and Jews, blowing up trains and buses, throwing acid on women, hijacking planes and suicide bombing children in schools. But other than that, these few minor exceptions, Muslims are definitely, or Islam is definitely the religion of peace. You know, I mean definitely, who could argue with that? There's a little thing here from the religionofpeace.com. It's called the religionofpeace.com. Islamic attacks, Islamic terrorists have carried out more than at this point 24,655 deadly terror attacks since 9/11. Now those are just those are individual terror attacks and those are just the ones we know of. Who knows the number may be double or triple. But 24, it's not 24,655 deaths. No, no. These are terrorist attacks where maybe hundreds of people 
and some of them could have been killed. Or maybe even thousands. So, you know, this is what they do. At least 25 people, among them 15 children, have been murdered in twin car bomb attacks in the central Yemeni province of Bada, reports say. The children were inside a school bus that was passing a checkpoint in the Rada area when the first bomb exploded. So, yeah, they're, they're burning, they're, they don't care. They, they, they have no remorse over that whatsoever. They're infidels and they need to die. That's how they view them. It doesn't matter if they're children, they need to die. Um, and so then the second bomb went off soon afterwards in the home of the Huluthi leaders. So, yeah, there's there's uh, 25 people that were killed, 15 of them schoolgirls. Next report. ISIS not only systematically kills Yazidi and Christian men and women, but they have also brutally cut the throats of babies. One 13-year-old Yazidi from one particular Yazidi village claims that the Muslim militants killed over 100 children from his village. One unnamed Yazidi mother said that although she made it safely to her refugee camp, it was not before ISIS got a hold of much of the rest of her family, whom she has not heard from since. We left Sinjar through the hills. We walked for seven days and seven nights. We had no food and water. I don't see how that's possible, but okay. I'm not, I know that they've endured un- unbelievable affliction, um, but seven days and seven nights with no food and water? Wow, okay. The Yazidi mother said, the Daesh, the Daesh, which is the Arabic term for the Islamic State, caught my two sons, my father, and two of my sisters. I have no news from them, and I don't know if they're even alive. Well, you could probably, yeah, pretty much say that they're dead. Although the mother does not know of the status of the rest of her family, she does know from first-hand experience about the cruel nature of ISIS operations and their barbaric treatment of children and babies. Daesh are crazy people, meaning the Islamic State. They even cut the throats of babies. The mother asserted, they want us, the Yazidis, to convert to Islam, but we refuse. As long as we are not in their hands, we survive. We prefer to die instead of being their slaves. So that's how bad it is, you know, (laughs) being under their rule. People are much more willing to die than they would uh, many, many times being under their rule. Next report. ISIS militants are also kidnapping and selling off baby girls as sex slaves. A recent pricing guide released by the Islamic State leadership reveals that Christian and Yazidi girls aged 1 to 9 years old, 1 to 9 years old, are being sold as sex slaves for $172. None of this stuff I'm making up. It's all reports that are coming out of that area. And here it shows a, uh, a group of Christian women were chained and forced to wear veils by ISIS militants in Iraq. They're wearing full, like, hijab, the whole nine yards. I mean, their their faces are covered, everything. And they're chained up, like, on a, like from hand to hand. A regulatory price list recently released by the Islamic State leadership shows that ISIS militants are selling captured girls, Christian and Yazidi girls, as young as one to nine years old as sex slaves and charging nearly three to four times the amount that they would charge for a grown woman. One to nine. Remember the, the thing that says you could have sex with a pre, prepubescent girl as, as long as she's suitable, basically, to have sex? Well, who determines that? The demon-possessed vessel of Satan that, that um, got her as a sex slave? Like, he's going to have any morals or scruples? He doesn't care whether she lives or dies. When they're beheading little little children and little babies, that's pretty obvious. So, you know, he's probably going to be tend to be very liberal in his interpretation of if she's ready to have sex. 
I mean, these people are just... I mean... Anybody that could do that, they just need to die, and they need to die as soon as possible. They are vessels of wrath, fitted, prepared ahead of time for God's destruction. And I pray to God they don't rape another child, behead another little baby, rape another little baby in the name of Jesus Christ. And this is what the body of Christ needs to be crying out against. We don't, I mean, well, Jesus said, bless them that curse you and do spitefully, you know, these types of things. Yes, but we don't want to bless them in their wickedness. If the wicked are going to do wicked, and God knows that ahead of time, and that is all they're going to be capable of, like these devils, okay, they need to go. They need to be liquidated and eradicated by the Lord Jesus Christ in whatever manner he sees fit. Again, or is it better to let them go on and continue raping babies and and uh, beheading them and killing them in all horrific manner? I see no good fruit coming from that at all. I just really pray that, that Christians would get on their knees and cry out against this and cry out for God's judgment against this wickedness. Just This is just incomprehensible. A document obtained by IraqiNews.com issued by the Islamic State purports to be an updated price guide detailing how ISIS fighters must price the spoils of war, their spoils of war, which include female slaves and cattle. They want to make sure they include the females and the, and the women on the same price guide because that's, they're, they're basically you know, equal in their eyes. Where are all the feminists crying out against this type of behavior? You know where where are they at? I don't I don't I don't hear any feminists. They evidently they're okay with this. Evidently that's the double standard hypocrisy you get into with feminism. The document, which is dated October sixteenth and was first reported earlier this week, claims that ISIS sex slave and cattle trading markets have seen a recent decline in demand. Oh, the humanity! I mean, I can't believe there's been a, a decline in demand. And because of that, ISIS's overall revenue has been affected. Oh, their bottom line's been affected? Because their, their sex slave market's been, been kind of in decline? The document states that price changes are needed in the face of ISIS declining revenue in those markets. I'm not making this stuff up. This is really what they're doing. In the name of Allah, most gracious and merciful, we have received news that the demand in women and cattle markets has sharply decreased and that it will affect Islamic state revenues as well as funding of the Mujahideen in the battlefield. The document goes on to state, we have made some changes below are the prices of Yazidi and Christian women. The document has listed Christian and Yazidi girls aged from 1 to 9 years old with the most expensive price tags. According to the document, those girls are sold for 200,000 dinars or roughly $172. Yazidi and Christian girls that are 10 to 20 years old are sold for 129. So once you you get past uh, from anywhere from one to nine, that's you're going to get your your your, mo- your highest price because obviously, you know, the biggest perverts want them. They want the one to nine year old. So you're gonna you're gonna have to pay 172. But you know, all you perverts that want the ten to twenty years old, 
well, we're, we're going to lower the price to 129 I mean, this is just... I, and again, if, if there was any kind of real honest... I mean, why isn't this front page news all across the world? This wickedness. And yet, Islam has this protected status in the world. Which is just so beyond disgusting. And I, I can't believe almost that women aren't in the streets protesting this. Because they're, they're, it's far worse for a woman, you know, if you ask me, having to do with Islam, than it would be for a man. I mean, if, if you're a man and, and they kill you and, and do whatever, that's one thing. But to have all of this other stuff done, and then end up dead most likely anyway... I mean, this is unbelievable. I'm not saying that to my listeners. I'm just saying women in the world, that, particularly the ones that live under these conditions, or have, have, have some kind of voice. And I know there are ones out there, but I don't know. I mean, this just doesn't compute to me. The chi- um, and then it says, those that are age 20 to 30 are sold for 86. So now we're really starting to get a drop off there. 20 to 30. The cheapest of the ISIS sex slave prices for women are the 40 to 50 year olds who can be bought for 50,000 dinars or just $43. While the 30 to 40 year olds would cost about 64. Sold like cattle. Literally on the same price as the cattle that are being sold as well. I'd like to know what the cattle are in relation to them. I imagine they're probably a lot more money. I mean, where can you buy a, a full, like, cow for, like, $172? In the States, it can't be done. You know, depending on how, how much it weighs. They never got into that. I mean, this is just so beyond comprehension. Next report. Um... ISIS Muslim militants behead four Christian children for refusing to convert to Islam. This is from the Independent. ISIS has beheaded four Christian children in Iraq for refusing to convert to Islam. A British minister based in the country has claimed Canon Andrew White, who I don't believe he's some offshoot of the Orthodox something, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what it is, told Orthodox Christian Network that the Killings have happened in a Christian enclave close to Baghdad, which has been taken over by ISIS. He spoke on how ISIS has hounded the Christians out of Iraq and how they killed in huge numbers. They chopped their children in half. They chopped their heads off. They moved north. It was so terrible what happened. Cannon White claimed that the children who were beheaded had refused to follow Muhammad. ISIS turned up and said to the children... You say the words that you will follow Muhammad. The children, all under 15, there was four of them, said, No, we love Yeshua, meaning Jesus in um, Greek. We have always loved, we will always follow Yeshua. Yeshua has been with us. They said, Say the words, meaning um, we will follow Muhammad. And they said, No, we can't. Then they chopped off all their heads How do you respond to that? You just cry. Yeah. Cry and a lot of righteous indignation, which is an attribute of God. I mean, wow, we're talking. 
I mean, I, the words don't even, I don't even have words. But again, this is Islam. This is Islam. This is what needs to be front and center whenever any discussion of Islam is talked about. All of the atrocities. That needs to be front and center. Not their rights, not, not Islam's right to exist as a religion. No. They have no right to exist as a, as a religion. They, they, they're not a religion. They are a death cult that imposes their demonic will everywhere that they can to the point of death. That is the norm. They have no right to exist as a religion. They don't view any other religion having that right, do they? No. No other religion can peacefully coexist with them. Therefore, they should have no right to peacefully coexist with any religion as well. They should be held to their own standards, is what I'm trying to say. Islam has no no place anywhere in the world, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I guess in the Middle East, if that's what you want to do, you know, but I would just get everybody out of there that is not Islamic. I mean, everyone. Because they're just going to kill you. I mean, unless the Lord, Lord protects you, you're as good as dead, wherever Islam goes, if you're not their religion. Oh, man. Next report. ISIS Muslim terrorists in Iraq torturing Christians in churches and flogging them for taking communion. Iraqi Christians are reportedly being tortured by local churches by the Islamic State in northern Iraq. In an interview with the Sunday Times, a Christian resident from the Islamic State-held city of Mosul said that these two churches are being used as prisons and for torture. These of the three Christian prisoners died because they were sick and nobody cared for them. The man known as Abu Asi claims that the Christian prisoners in the churches are being forced to convert and that the Islamic State has been breaking all the crosses and statues of Mary. Well, again, we're dealing with Catholics. And a lot of these religions over there are Orthodox or Catholicism and they're works-based. And that's really, really tragic because then you have a situation where most likely they're trusting the works to get them to heaven. Now, I don't know. I don't know their hearts. May I... I, I probably believe that some of them are saved. I mean, if they're willing to go and not renounce the name of Jesus Christ, I think there's a pretty good chance that they may be saved. Maybe they figured that out somewhere along the line. That no, they read their own Bible, they, they got what it really actually means, you know? And they were willing to die for Jesus Christ. I gotta believe that's the case. But I know, obviously, probably... A ton of them are trusting in their works-based, man-made, pseudo-Christian religious cult that they're in. That's the really tragic ones, you know, when you think about it. Thousands of Christians have fled Mosul since the city was seized by Islamic State in August of 2014. Faced with the prospect of conversion... And paying a special tax or execution. So you you pay the execution, you, you pay the special tax, if you even have that as an option. Or you're executed. Faced with this, up to 20,000 Christians reportedly fled Mosul in the past 45 days alone. According to a UN report. Again, all of this stuff should be absolute front center, you know, in the news. But it's not. Next report. An 80-year-old man hired two thugs to throw acid in the face of his ex-girlfriend. 
when he became convinced that the 20-year-old, he's only 60 years older than her, come on, what are we going to get hung up on here? His 20-year-old girlfriend, he was convinced she was seeing another man after the relationship ended. Vicki Horseman was left horribly burned and disfigured after she was doused with sulfuric acid, which is standard another standard operating procedure for Islam, as she went to answer the door at her friend's house in Tividale, West Midlands. Her ex-lover, Muhammad Rafki, the 80-year-old, was today found guilty of arranging to attack in revenge for Miss Horseman, who had converted to Islam during their relationship, breaking up with him. Shows a picture of this girl. Real cute, pretty girl. I, I, I can't even comprehend this. I really... Why would you convert to Islam? And I, I have had some listeners email me, and I, I get that. I know that they say that a lot of the men over there treat their women like garbage, and it pushes them into the arms of... Uh, I know, but... The fruit, the unbelievably horrific fruit of Islam is everywhere you turn when you study it. I just don't get it. And what is a 20-year-old with an 80-year-old? just shows you the perversion. It's like the older you are, the younger you, you know. They want one to nine-year-olds and are willing to pay the most price for them? These people are just pure evil. And then we have this. Pope Francis bows his head in silent adoration beside the Islamic Grand Mufti in Turkey's Blue Mosque. So this should really warm all of our hearts with with just joy and love and peace, knowing this. In a move that drew some concerns from onlookers worldwide, the Roman Catholic pontiff, known as Francis, visited Turkey's Blue Mosque. On Saturday, expressing reverence during a moment of prayer observed by the nation's Grand Mufti, who led him on a tour of the Islamic facility. And again, where is the Catholic Church condemning all of these atrocities? You know, I've heard a few things here and there, but really not a whole lot of anything. Well, hey, when you're on the same team, why would you condemn it? According to reports, Francis took off his shoes, folded his hands, and bowed his head. Standing silently next to Rami Yoran, who serves as the nation's highest Islamic leader and Grand Mufti. The two faced Mecca as Yoran prayed with his palms raised. Prayed with his forked tongue. Palms raised. Hooves folded in silent reverence. Hmm. The Vatican described the gesture as a moment of silent adoration. And it, it, after I just just went over the, the the reports that we've just covered, can't you can't we all understand why we would want to venerate and in, 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 on a daily basis have a lot of take pause and have silent adoration for this religion of peace and all of its wonderful wonderful puritanical fruit that it bears on a daily basis? I can understand that. I mean, I don't know why anybody couldn't understand it. During This was during the Roman Catholic's leader's visit to the 17th century Sultan Ahmed Mosque. Other descriptions of the visit state that it is meant to, quote, show mutual respect, like Islam has any respect for Catholicism or any other religion it would deem false. The only thing it would ultimately want to do is wipe it out, infiltrate it and wipe it out. 
Mutual respect for each other's respective cults. I mean religion, sorry. Francis's predecessor, Benedict XVI, also visited the facility during his tenure. So we got the, the Pope on the bandwagon there. And then the next report, does the Pope believe Christians and Muslims worship the same God? Well, sure he does. There's been one, as might as one might guess, a lot of disagreement about whether Christians and Muslims worship the same God. But Miroslav Volf, a well-known professor at Yale Divinity School, has done a great deal of work on the subject, concluding that both religions believe in one God, one God who is a sovereign Lord, and to whom they are to be obedient. For both faiths, God embodies what's ultimately important and valuable. Neither faith ultimately worship the true God of heaven. If they did, they would go by the word of God that he put gave to us. But they don't do that. They're both their own man-made, works-based death cults. And both of them have millions and millions and millions of bodies to show for it. Both Catholicism and Islam. Catholicism going back even further, most likely, than Islam. Yeah, it, it is. So, it's just unbelievable. He says, he suggests that it has never been more important for Jews, Christians, and Muslims to understand that they do indeed worship the same God and in fact inhabit a common moral universe. Well, I guess if you want to say your same God's Satan, yes, I guess you do. Because ultimately Satan is at the core root of both of your devil death cults. So I guess you are right, Pope. And they do inhabit a common moral universe. Ultimately one that leads to death and hell. True, I agree. And Pope Francis would seem to agree as well. He is, in many ways, working to repair the damage done by Benedict. Oh... Benedict, the previous pontiff, in his infamous lecture at the University of Regensburg in Germany, where some of his remarks were taken possibly out of context to be anti-Islam. Oh, we cannot have that. We do not want to offend the sensibilities of such a wonderful death cult as Islam. Pedophilic death cult. I'm sorry, I, I'm leaving out some really important adjectives there. Sorry. In reaction, the current pontiff has gone out of his way to forge alliances with Islam, praying that religious tolerance will ultimately prevail in the Middle East. And you know what I see about Islam is they're so unbelievably religious, religiously tolerant. We've just spent the last hour plus examining all of, the, of Islam's religious tolerance in the Middle East, haven't we? They're the most tolerant people on the planet. They show their tolerance through beheading, through throwing acid on people, through car bombs, through nail bombs, through rape, through selling off female sex slaves like cattle. That's how they show their tolerance. Why can't we all just see that? Next report. Is the Presbyterian Church in the USA, or PC USA, Presbyterian Church USA, America's latest terrorist front group. Now, I typically will go, when I do a study, and I try to put all of the reports for maximal impact. I wouldn't have wanted to put this at the start of the study, because I wanted to lay the groundwork to bring us to this point. 
is the Presbyterian Church of the USA America's latest terrorist front group? Yes, it is. And we're going to examine the proof of that. Here's a picture of members of the Hezbollah terrorist organization, which is supported by the Presbyterian Church USA, which is also known as PCUSA. Okay. Giving the Nazi Heil Hitler salute. There's a picture there. Islamist interfaith engagement with American Christians has received significant attention in recent months. Now, an Israeli legal organization has filed a complaint with the Internal Revenue Service over the Presbyterian Church's USA's meetings with Hezbollah members. Hezbollah. One of the, one of the you know, most radical sects of Islam. The ones that would do all the stuff that I'm telling you about that ISIS is doing. No problem with any of that. In fact, they're all joining up now. They're all kind of getting on the same team. I put out some links on that recently as well. And, and the Presbyterian Church USA is actually having meetings with them and their members and, and getting in lockstep with them so that they can all be on the same team and when, tell you what, Presbyterian USA, when they're done with you, they'll turn and slit your throat and behead you and go on their merry way, thinking, boy, these, these stupid Christians, they're so stupid. They do, they'll believe anything we tell them. I'm not talking about my listeners. I'm not talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about these lukewarm devil Christians that would support this level of evil. The Israeli Law Center's 38-page complaint, there's a link to it right here, with the IRS accuses the Presbyterian Church USA, or PCUSA, of meeting with the terrorist group overseas, which they did do, as we will see. In 2004, PCUSA's Advisory Committee on Social Witness Policy sent a delegation of two dozen representatives to Beirut, Lebanon, to meet with Hezbollah. I mean, I can't even hardly believe what I'm reading anymore. The news is so over the top. So incomprehensible. What a supposed Christian organization would be doing meeting with one of the most radical, evil sects of Islam, Hezbollah. Oh no, they're good buddies. They're totally compatible. The terrorist group had a field day with it, showing the meeting on its Al-Manar propaganda station. The clips included one delegate of the Presbyterian USA praising Hezbollah. He said, quote, We treasure the precious words of Hezbollah and your expression of goodwill towards the American people. Isn't that wonderful? We treasure the precious words of Hezbollah. This is a Christian denomination in America. A Christian denomination which, it says it in here at some point, 1.7 million members in over 10,000 congregations across the country. 1.7 million people in America belong to this disgusting pig of a pseudo-lukewarm, devil-Christian cult in America. And over 10,000 of these congregations exist in America. 
And their official spokesperson said, we treasure the precious words of Hezbollah and your expression of goodwill towards the American people. Goodwill. They would assume slit every one of our throats. And they will if they get the chance. And that is from their own forked tongues. This is the insanity of the lukewarm church of Revelation, the lukewarm Laodicean church of Revelation 3, which is obviously what we're dealing with here. So who said that? Quote, Elder Ronald Stone of the East Liberty Presbyterian Church in Pittsburgh said that. Here, you can click on the link of where he said it. Right here, if you don't believe it. Stone also appealed to Hezbollah's anti-Semitism by saying that dialogue with Islamic leaders is easier than with Jewish leaders. Well, but yeah, because they're so much more reasonable. We all know that. I mean... I, I I didn't even. It's so hard for me to believe that these actual quotes. I, I went on to the story that I, the link I told you about. It's entitled um, "Presbyterian Church Leaders Meet with Terrorists in Lebanon." <laughs> ADL says this is irresponsible. I, I I can't even comprehend this. In New York, New York, October twentieth, two thousand four. Reacting to a, vi- a visit by a delegation from the U.S. Presbyterian Church in Beirut with members of the terrorist group Hezbollah, the Anti-Defamation League, ADL, said it was deeply disturbing that leaders of the Presbyterian Church would seek out a meeting with members of a terrorist organization responsible for attacks that have killed both Americans and Israelis. Hezbollah is on the U.S. State Department of watch list of globalist terror groups. I mean, this is just... It's just beyond incomprehensible. The Presbyterian Church USA responded by saying the meeting was misguided and unauthorized. Oh, really? Yet again, though, in 2005, if this was such a un, uh, uh, such a misguided and unauthorized meeting, why then, in 2005, did another PC USA delegation meet with Hezbollah in Lebanon? They did it again. Because... Obviously, they were really regretting what they'd done the year before, right? No, they met again the next year. It was sponsored by the PCUSA's Middle East Task Force. The second trip was led by Reverend Nuhad Tomi, the Presbyterian USA's general liaison for Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, and the Persian Gulf. Despite this meeting with Hezbollah, Tomei served in this position until the fall of 2013. So, it's not like, oh, well, we did it again in 2005, but we we got rid of the guy that led led it in 2005. No, 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 no. He stayed there for another eight years. This is how wicked, sick, and corrupt this PC USA's denomination is. This Presbyterian USA denomination is, and I'm sure many more like them. Tomei does not currently have an official title with PCUSA, but his ties have not been severed either. He is still promoted by the Presbyterian Church USA's Presbyterian Mission Agency website, so they're still promoting the guy. The PCUSA spokesman for the trip was Robert Worley, a former professor at the Presbyterian Seminary. He was quoted in the Lebanese media regurgitating Hezbollah propaganda. He said, quote, now this is PCUSA spokesman, Robert Worley, the Americans hear in the Western media that Hezbollah is a terrorist organization, and they do not hear any other opinion. 
They know nothing about the party's concern for the people of the South. End of quote. He sounds like a Muslim. This fork-tongued devil has the audacity to go up and represent his wicked, evil, lukewarm, corrupt Presbyterian USA denomination and say that they know nothing about Hezbollah. May God rain down his fury on you and all your devil fork-tongued ilk. You sick, deceiving snake in the grass. You vessel of Satan. You vessel of wrath fitted and prepared ahead of time for God's destruction. You hireling that has no true love for the sheep, but the true shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. You minister of Satan that's trying to act as a minister of God. And it's no marvel that Satan can appear as a minister of light. And it's no marvel that his ministers on here can, can appear as ministers of righteousness. Yet, they are ministers of Satan. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you and all your devil ilk, you slime bag. I, I, I can't comprehend this coming from any kind of organization that has any kind of even Christian veneer. Particularly in light of the atrocities, the ever-increasing atrocities of Islam. Call me crazy, I, I just have to point it out. Worley then confirmed to the New York Times that he was being accurately quoted by the Lebanese press and reiterated his stance on Hezbollah, saying that the group, quote, brought peace to that region of the world. I can't even comprehend this level of evil. He confirmed, he had the audacity to confirm the authenticity, the accuracy of what he had said before. That we know nothing about Hezbollah. And that they brought peace to that region of the world. Peace. They bring nothing but death and hell and misery, and suffering, and perversion, wherever they go. And you have a devil like this defending evil. Pure evil. At best, this statement displays a stunning ignorance of how the Islamist terrorists work. At worst, it displays a willful collusion by PC USA in its dealings with Islamic radicals. Obviously, they know what they're doing, and they're yoked up on purpose. These dealings include joint activism, including advertisements spreading awareness about violent jihad and rushing to the defense of Islamic groups with links to the Muslim Brotherhood and histories of extremist rhetoric who accuse their critics of bigotry. They're literally totally yoked up with the Muslim Brotherhood, with Hezbollah. They're spreading their message. They're going to their congregations and promoting a new brand of, of satanic pseudo-Christianity known as Chrislam. If you don't know what that is, key it in the, in the search box at contendingfortruth.com. Chrislam. It's a amalgamation, a combination of Islam and false, pseudo-fake Christianity. And they're bringing it into the churches, and they're, and they're feeding it to the sheeple people in the pews, and saying, here you go. 
Here's your, here's your pig slop. Here's what we're going to feed you today. Islam is a religion of peace. And we need to yoke up with it. And the Muslim Brotherhood are not bad. And Hezbollah is not bad, people. They bring peace to that region. Israel is the problem. They're evil. And they all need to die, evidently. Because that's what Islam's message is, isn't it? And then the great Satan. I'm not saying Israel's perfect. I'm not saying we're perfect. It's just that this perverted message that they're putting out. And then you have a supposed mainline denomination with 1.7 million people and over 10,000 congregations in America promoting this. PCA, PCUSA also published a book that whitewashes the extremist preaching of Zatuna's college founders who spout anti-American propaganda and justify attacks on U.S. soldiers. So they're defending Islam every chance they can get, is the point here. In addition, the church is part of a coalition that also defended an accused Pakistani or Palestinian terrorist bomber. So if it's evil, they're going to defend it, in other words. PCUSA lists U.S. Mother, U.S. Muslim Brotherhood entities as interfaith partners, and such groups serve as advisors to the church's studies in Christian-Muslim relations. They're interfaith partners with the Muslim Brotherhood, who also serve as their advisors on Muslim-Christian relations. I, I can't, again, I can't comprehend this stuff. This is just beyond, and the news at this point has gotten to such a state where it's like I can't comprehend it anymore. I don't even know how to convey it almost. It's so, it sounds so preposterous. It sounds so, oh, come on, where did you get this from, the onion? This news, you know what I mean? Like, it's all satire and parody? No, it's not. It's all verifiable. All these links in here take you to different things where all this stuff happened. This is a highly referenced report I'm reading from. The church also opposes U.S. military action against ISIS. (laughs) No, we just need to let them go over there, rape, kill, pillage, steal, bomb, blow up. Do whatever they want to do. Kill us all. Kill all the Christians. Because if we didn't, it might hurt their feelings and it might not be politically correct. And and, and if, if we didn't go against that, we would actually be showing some kind of backbone. And we can't do that because we have no backbone. We're just quivering bowls of, of, of jello in the corner just hoping that they might spare us our lives when their grand jihad comes to the American shores. They're not going to spare your lives. They're probably going to kill you all first. Because you're so pathetic. I I just, wow. <laughs> Going further. So yes, the church, the, this church opposes U.S. military action against ISIS, arguing that the group can be dealt with peacefully and that U.S. aggression is to blame for Islamist terrorism and extremism. So see, it's all our fault. Our. We we brought them. Yes, our government did help form ISIS. That's true. I've got into that in many. And the Taliban and a lot of Al-Qaeda. Yes, true, true. But it's not like I did that personally. Just because 
the New World Order wants to bring order out of chaos and creates these monstrous groups that they end up releasing like demonically infested children to go out and do whatever they're going to do. doesn't mean I created them. And to say that they can be dealt with peacefully and that U.S. aggression is the blame for Islamist terrorism and extremism. Oh, my word. Earlier this year, PCUSA published a study guide for its members that argues against Christian support for Israel's existence as a political state. So now they come out with a, a study guide. Uh, there's a, and there's a link to it right here. For its members, it's 1.7 million members, to brainwash them, to get them to not support any right for Israel to even exist. Sounds really biblical to me. This is the kind of evil that emanates in so many denominations across America. It teaches that such support is providing theological and ideological cover for the takeover of the Palestinian land. Oh, I know, I know. And that the domination and dispossession of the Palestinian people during the past one and one quarter centuries. I know Israel is just taking over over there. I mean, they're just ruling everyone. Taking over the whole Middle East. Somebody's got to stop them. Oh, but sorry, that whole thing I just said, that was all a total lie. What is the reality here? And I've went over this many times. Israel is bordered by 22 hostile nations, Arabic and Islamic, all of them, that are 640 times her size. And 65 times her population. And that was at the time of this right. It's probably more than that now. It shows Israel in comparison to all of these other Islamic countries that are all around her. And they don't even have Turkey in there. I mean, if, if you go into all Islamic places. It's, they're only 640 times her size. But see, Israel's the, the, the blame. It, it superimposed Israel, the current state of Israel, over Florida. And it looks like it's about maybe one-fifth to one-quarter of the size of landmass of Florida. What Israel has given away for peace since 1967, there's a map here that you can, um, I guess I can post this in the study. Israel is a Jewish nation, one one-nineteenth the size of California. One of the smallest nations on earth, with only 8,000 square miles of land, roughly two times the size of the smallest state in America of Rhode Island. 260 miles at its longest, has a 112-mile coastline, 60 miles at its widest, and between 3 to 9 miles at its narrowest. The nation of Israel, um, I just read that quote, it's surrounded by 22 hostile nations, dictatorships, 640 times their size. There is no truth to the statement as far as Arab propagandists calling Israel expansionist. It occupies one-sixth of one percent. Not just one percent. 
it operates one-sixth of one percent of the land it occupies. One-sixth of one percent of the lands called Arab. But you have devils that are saying that they're trying to take over and they've given away most of Israel in land for peace deals since 1967. Look where that's got them. They just moved the rockets in closer. That's all they've gotten as a reward for all that land they've given away. And then you have this PC USA having the audacity to say that it published a study guide arguing against Christian support for Israel's existence as a political state. It teaches that such support is providing theological and ideological, quote, cover for the takeover of the Palestinian land. Israel has done everything it can possibly try to do to peacefully coexist with these devil, Islamically demon-possessed Palestinians. I'm not condemning everybody that lives there. I'm saying the ones that are like that, and most of them are. I got into this not too long ago, where they're literally using their children as human shields. That was the standard operating procedure. They would fire from like a hospital and hope Israel would fire back into the hospital. They would fire from a position and then gather all the little kids around and waiting for Israel to respond back so that they could claim, look at all the little children Israel killed. That's what they do. They're slime bags. They're evil. Who does that? Who would put their own child in harm's way so that they could inflate a body count? Boy, I tell you, that's some real motherly and fatherly love for their children. I'll tell you. they re- Oh no, you will die as a martyr. You do this for Allah. I mean, wow. That's some real love for your children there. So anybody that could do such a thing as that, it should surprise us that there, there's no level of evil they would not stoop to. I mean, nothing should surprise us if they're willing to do that with their own children. Oh, man, I'll tell you. Just lie after lie after lie. Islamists consider PC USA as an ally because of its anti-Israel activism blaming of Israel for, for Islamic terrorist attacks. So they blame Israel for Islamic terrorist attacks. Of course, it's all our faults. Israel's faults, you know, whatever. Unsurprisingly, former KKK Grand Wizard David Duke and the Iranian regime celebrated the study guide. Well, see, look who's joking up with them and saying, yeah, we're going to give you the thumbs up. Former KKK Grand Wizard David Duke and the Iranian regime. In June, PCUSA voted to divest 21 million They have this kind of, evidently, purchasing power. They voted to divest $22 from Caterpillar, Hewlett-Packard, and Motorola Solutions to punish them for their work in Israel. There's a link to when they did it. Were they advertising with them? I don't even understand this. Yeah, here's the original report. This is straight from their website. By slim margin, Assembly approves divestment from three companies doing business in Israel or Palestine. With audible gasps from those in the plenary hall, the 221st General Assembly 
of 2014, which I'm assuming that means that the, that this devil um, uh, pseudo whatever Christian cult has been around for 221 years. It's General Assembly of 2014 of the Presbyterian Church USA on Friday. Now this just happened this summer, June 20, 2014. On Friday, nearly approved divestment from the three United States companies doing business in Israel and Palestine. By a vote of 310 to 303, the Assembly approved an overture calling for divestment from Caterpillar Inc., Hewlett-Packard, and Motorola Solutions, companies some allege are engaged in non-peaceful pursuits in the region. Although divestment was its most debated item, the overture also affirms PCUSA's commitment to interfaith and ecumenical dialogue and relationships in the region. And a preamble was added on the floor to reinforce that. Oh, you sick devils. You sick, evil, deluded devils that have had your mind so darkened with evil that you literally are batting for Satan. And yet you think you do with God's service. I, I can't even remotely comprehend this. <laughs> no similar action, though, has ever been taken against businesses working with the Iranian regime or other Islamist extremists. No, because they're on Team Hezbollah. They're on Team Muslim Brotherhood. They are providing cover for them. PCUSA says it has over 1.7 million members in over 10,000 congregations across the country. This is not some little fringe denomination cult. This is not. There are huge ramifications from the Islamists influencing of this church membership. There are huge ramifications from Islam's influencing of this church membership. And events in recent months show that the engagement is not limited to PCUSA. In other words, Muslims are infiltrating a lot of different denominations. I mean, they just spoke in the Washington Cathedral not too long ago. We reported on that. On November 9th, the Muslim Christian Dialogue Center, based in University of St. Thomas in Minnesota, so it's some Christian-based uh well, here, I'm sorry. The, on November 9th, this just happened, Muslim Christian Dialogue Center, based on the University of St. Thomas in Minnesota, brought an Islamist extremist linked to the Muslim Brotherhood for an interfaith event. The, the center was founded by the Minnesota Council of Churches and the Islamic Center of Minnesota. One of the keynote speakers at the events was Jamal Badwi. So this was sponsored and yoked up with the Minnesota Council of Churches. Okay. Keynote speaker was Jamal Badawi, whose history includes endorsing suicide bombings and combative jihad and praising Hamas as martyrs. And this is who the churches in America are getting yoked up with. Badawi used to be listed as a member of the board of directors for the Islamic Society of North America, a U.S. Muslim Brotherhood entity and designated unindicted co-conspirator in a Hamas financing trial. He also is personally listed as an unindicted co-conspirator in that trial. 
Uh, there was also another major controversy when the Washington National Cathedral allowed Islamic groups with extremist histories to hold Muslim prayers inside the church on November 14th, and we reported on that. The cathedral's director of liturgy described it as a moment for voices of moderation. to be Yeah, they're real moderate. Beheading, killing, slaying, raping. You know, that's so moderate. Islam is so moderate. In every aspect. The U.S. Muslim Brotherhood wrote in a 1991 strategic memo that describes its work in American, in, in America as a kind of grand jihad. Exactly. In eliminating and destroying Western civilization from within. That is what their whole goal is. A grand jihad in eliminating and destroying Western civilization from within. That is their only goal. All of Islam. I don't care if they're whatever they stripe they say they are. Ultimately, that is their goal. One of the key instructions given to the Brotherhood Network was to possess a mastery of the art of coalitions, the art of absorption, and the principles of cooperation. From, so, in other words, from the beginning, Islamists in America saw the value of forming interfaith and political alliances. Based on these incidences, we can see why. And that's a big reason they wanted to bring Barack insane Obama in as our Muslim president. Satanist Muslim president. Sodomite Satanist Muslim president. Sorry. I forget all of his titles. Um, that's why. Because he is Muslim. And he has installed... So many different Muslims into different cabinet positions and into different czar positions and into different positions of power since he's been in office. Bush couldn't have got away with that. They may all be on the same team. It may be all the same wicked side of the same coin. But they could get away with more when they have a debased, debauched devil running on a Democratic ticket in office who was actually brought up a Muslim. They could get away with more with somebody like him in office. And then if you say anything against him, they just cry you're a racist because he's, he's half black. So you can't say anything against him. Or you're labeled. That's been the whole plan. And so all of this is by design. And all of this infiltration and now the churches is all by design as well as we're seeing. So this is all I have for part two. I'm running out of time here, so I'll go to part three next. God bless you. Okay, so continuing on, um, the next report is entitled Care Terrorist Organization Files Federal Lawsuit to Force Benzel Township, Pennsylvania to permit, to permit Mega Mosque. In its lawsuit, the Muslim organization accuses Benzlem on the board of vi- on, and, and the board of violating uh, laws regarding religious land use, Pennsylvania's Municipal Planning Code and Religious Freedom Protection Act, and the and the group's first and four, first and Fourteenth Amendment's rights. Okay, now again, I have all of these reports in specific orders when I, I go through this for specific reasons, and this is to build to show you the pure evil of Islam. Just in this one report, we've done it many, many times, and then to show you how. You've got governmental, you've got religious organizations, you've got our own president yoking up with Islam to make sure we're ushering it into the United States. And then you have also now where these mega mosques and these these mosques are being 
And where the people are protesting it, they're always saying, we're going to sue you, we're going to sue you. And then they just end up caving every time. These organizations, they're starting to cave one by one, setting further precedents in American law to permit these mosques, which are like the center, ground zero, for the spread of their of their disease devil death cult in America. Okay? And this is what they're doing. And they're trying to put all of this legal pressures, and they're having the, they're having um, tons and tons of help from our own government. They're trying to make sure that this evil permeates into every facet of our society, and they're doing it through legal means. The next report is um, a New Jersey town has agreed to pay two point seven five million to purchase land for a proposed mosque in order to settle a lawsuit that was filed by Muslims who were prohibited from opening a mosque in another area of the township. Oh, so they have to be compensated $2.75 million to bring their terrorist mosque into an American community. According to the settlement between Bridgewater officials and Muslim Al-Fali Center, the mosque will be built on a 15-strip acre of land. Here's an actual rendering of it. And the township's insurance will also pay another $5 million in damages and attorney's costs. The total settlement will amount to $7.75 million of your taxpayer, local taxpayer money to make sure this mosque is built and that all their legal damages and fees are paid to bring this, this abomination into your community in New Jersey, Bridgewater Township. I mean, again, total satanic insanity. In 2011, the Township Planning Board rejected a proposal for a former inn to be converted into a mosque. But those behind the Alfala Center then filed a federal lawsuit against the town of Bridgewater in an effort to force officials to permit the renovation of a building into a mosque and then an Islamic community center. And, and Islamic Community Center. Last fall, U.S. District Judge Michael Shipp, appointed to the bench by Barack Insane Obama, barred the ordinance from being enforced and ordered the township to reconsider the application. So again, one of Obama's appointees steps in and, and starts to give them all kind of favor. He ruled that he found anti-Muslim prejudice within the community, including internet postings and email correspondence. Why wouldn't they be against this? Anybody in their right mind that knows anything about Islam and what it brings would be, I mean, would be crazy not to be protesting this wickedness coming into their community. And then this District Judge Michael Shipp believed this may have uh, contributed to its initial denial and said that the township rendered it nearly impossible for Alfala and its individual members to adhere to the tenets of their religion. Oh, their devil death cult. They couldn't practice it the way they want to do it. And they couldn't import that into this New Jersey township. So now they need to be awarded $7.75 million and our own wicked government is going to be making sure that that is exactly what happens. This all led to the $7.75 million settlement reached this fall, but some are still questioning the outcome of the case. I wonder why. What exactly were the damages sustained that required $5 million 
in taxpayer compensation, one commenter asked. Also, I wonder how much their taxes went up there as a result of them having to pay out $7.75 million that they would have normally not had to have paid out. Also, can't they see that this one precedent and that every, with this one precedent, that every other mosque builder in America will now use this blueprint to coerce municipal um, accommodation? Of course. That's what this is all about, setting precedent. I've lived in central Jersey for a good part of my 50-year life, and I've never heard of either a synagogue or a church stirring such controversy. Why? Well, because Islam has to have preferential treatment everywhere they go. You know? They're pure evil, and they need to be treated. They need to be treated, uh, rewarded for that. You know? Demanding such accommodation and being rewarded such sums. He's never seen that. Well, you won't see it. Because the more wicked, the more evil you are, the more you're going to be rewarded in this country now. This just sickened me when this report came out this week. Kennesaw, Georgia City Council caves into Muslim threats and reverses its previous decision and approves mosque by a five-to-nothing vote. The Kennesaw City Council, remember Kennesaw? They're the ones that passed the ordinance that I've cited many times that requires everyone to have some type of firearm in their house and their their crime rate dropped basically zero because everybody's armed. That's what happens when you arm everyone. Crime rates drop to nothing, practically. Maybe not domestic so much. Not may, I'm sure that everything dropped, but all of that dropped almost zero. Proof that, you know... Guns in the hands of lawful people prevent crime. They can be used as a force for good. When they're only in the hands of the criminal government, and the crimin- and I don't mean like every person in the government is criminal, but when the government starts to become criminal, as it is increasingly, when you only give them to, the, to criminal government and to um, you ban them from law-abiding citizens, the only ones that are going to have them are the criminal government and the criminals. And then... All of, your, all of your crime rates will go through the roof. All of them statistically. It's a proven fact over and over again. Kennesaw City Council approved a land use permit for a new mosque less than two weeks after it had denied the permit. Initially, they denied it. By a 4-1 to one vote on December 3rd. I got that post and I was going to read that. But before I could actually do the study, I got this. That in less than two weeks later, they all caved and they all voted five to nothing. How incredibly sickening. The council voted four to one to deny the permit December 3rd, but after legal threats, again, legal threats. This is the order of the day for this devil death cult. Legal threats with Barack insane Obama backing them all the way, when all of his appointees all in place and all of this Muslim favoritism, despite how much wickedness they do. No, no, we're going to make sure we get as many of these mosques in America as possible. We want you Americans to experience what they're experiencing in the Middle East and in Europe. We want you to, to really get the full, full experience of what it's like to live under Islam and holy jihad. We want you to know that. That's exactly what they're saying. And what they're doing. Their actions have spoken very, very loudly and very, very clearly. 
The vote was taken without discussion as six police officers lined the walls of the council chambers and another contingent of officers patrolled outside where about 25 protesters from Overpasses for America and the Georgia Security Force militia held American flags and signs saying no mosque, ban Islam. There should have been 2,500, not 25. I'm telling you, when something like this comes into your area, it's, it's you mean, unless you can pray it out, you let the, you let the devil get a toehold, Man, it's just going to get worse and worse. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, because they always come in and act like, oh, we're going to play so nice, and we're actually going to contribute to your area. All they're going to do is annihilate and destroy, and all those devils they're bringing into your community, all of the evil that comes along with Islam, which you don't even see that part. Oh, it'll manifest, but you don't see the spirits is what I'm saying. Yep, they, they improved it five to one less than two weeks later. Boy, somebody, they, they really, they had their backbones there for a sec, but boy, after, after that two weeks, they all lost them. Those four that voted no, they all lost them. Kennesaw Mayor Mark Matthews told WSB TV in Atlanta that the council changed its vote due to legal advice from our own city attorney, not based on input received from the public or anyone else. They don't care about anything, but if they're going to get sued, that's all they care about. They don't care what the, the, the people feel, what, what the majority of the, of the uh, city feels. That Who cares about the citizens? We only care about if we're going to get sued and what the lawyers say. Because you know the lawyers would never steer you in the wrong direction. Mosque members were pleased with the outcome. Oh, I imagine. I imagine they were. I think we have achieved success for the whole community including those who oppose us. Oh, really? Devil. Really? That was told by Khalid Hashimi. I don't know. Having, I don't know if he's the whatever he is there, but obviously a Muslim. But the protesters outside weren't buying it. Captain Link Doberman, now that's a name, Captain Link Doberman, of the Georgia Security Force, told WorldNet Daily he believes Islam is more than just a religion and should be treated as such. While hopefully we've established that in this teaching as well. The imams in the mosques are all striving toward the establishment of a caliphate. And you can't have a constitutional republic along with an Islamic caliphate. He said, so you can allow it to continue, continue creeping in until you feel the deep red welts of domination. Absolutely. It's all by design, all their plan. One of the protesters yelled at the Muslims as they fought out of the city hall saying, we will never respect Islam, we will never convert. But they don't care, because they would just rather behead you anyway, kill you. Sufwa Dawat applied for the permit to lease a space in a rental shopping plaza that is zoned for commercial use. A residential neighborhood sits directly behind the Strip Shopping Center. And neighbors were not happy about the prospect of hearing the Friday call to prayer blasting near their homes. Can you imagine, in America, you're hearing that devil music play in the Friday call to prayer? The mosque has entered into now a two-year lease. Sufwa Dawat had the backings of the Council of American Islamic Relations, or CARE, a wealthy Islamic rights organization founded by the Muslim Brotherhood. The city's council's flip-flop angered residents who had come out against the mosque, but the residents were not allowed to speak for the 
for or against the mosque until after the vote was taken. We don't, we don't care about your opinion. Oh, shit, sure, tell us now after the vote's taken. We already voted in five nothing, but we want to know what you got to say now. You stinking devils. Spineless little devils. Caving in, not caring about what your own community and residents want. You don't care. All you care about is not getting sued and whatever Barack Obama wants. They were not allowed to speak. One Kennesaw woman, Carlene Frangoli, addressed the council after the vote. She said she met with the Muslims and found that they had not disclosed all their plans for the building on their application. Of course not. They're fork-tongued liars. That's all they do is lie. And it's permissible to lie to infidels as long as they are advancing the agenda of Islam. It says that in the Quran. It said that Allah was the best of all deceivers. And aren't they supposed to imitate their, their, uh, their God? Sure. Well, he was a deceiver from the beginning, just like his father, Satan. And of their father and of his works, they will do. So that's just part of the, part of the nice um, package of being a Muslim. The mosque will be open for prayer five times a day. And a weekly call to prayer on Fridays. And also for the educational program for children on Sundays. Everything was done behind the scenes, Fregoli continued. If they don't get their way, they sue. Our city council is afraid to stand behind their own zoning laws. It violated all kinds of zoning laws. That's why they voted it out the first time. But they don't care, as long as they don't get sued. Council member Deborah Williams, who voted against the mosque the first time, well, changed her vote, as all the other four did, too, that voted against it. As did council member Leonard Church, Tim Killingsworth, and Jim Sebastian. They all caved. Chris Eaton Welsh was the only member who voted in favor of the mosque both times. What a good little Nazi he is. Why don't you convert, Chris? Why don't all of you convert on this council? The decision came down to cost, Williams said, and the threat of an expensive lawsuit filed in federal court. You know, it doesn't matter what the cost is. You fight wickedness anywhere you can fight it. You know, the more you cave into it, the more it takes over. Not bowing up to wickedness doesn't help things. It makes things worse. Williams told World Net Daily that even if the Justice Department hadn't yet threatened a lawsuit, the Justice Department, remember what I said about Barack Obama and his minions getting Islam in every facet of our lives? The Justice Department had threatened a lawsuit already. The Justice, what do they have to do with this? Well, it's near and dear to Satan's heart. So they're representing Satan. We're representing Satan's justice. We're going to sue you if you don't fall in line. So even if the Justice Department hadn't yet threatened a lawsuit, the attorneys for the Islamic congregation were keeping the DOJ abreast of the situation with the city. So in other words, the DOJ was working in lockstep with this Islamic congregation and putting all kind of pressure both by the Islamic congregation and the DOJ to make sure that this happened. This is America. Unbelievable. 
the amount of betrayal. And most cities are ill-prepared for dealing with mosques because they assume that they will operate just like churches. For example, in Bloomington, Minnesota, a mosque was approved under the pretense of accommodating a maximum of 200 people. But now residents are seeing events that bring in excess of 700 people and the accompanying traffic problems. They spill out into the road like they do in New York City. They shut everything down. They got to make sure that they're the center of attention. They got to make sure that everybody knows that they're worshiping Satan and that they're good little Muslims and that they're going to be with their 72 versions once they kill us all. You know, once they suicide bomb us all, which is the ultimate goal. To be a martyr. They got to make sure that they shove that down everyone's throat in America and know that this is Islam and we are going to impose our will on you and do to you whatever we want to do ultimately when we get into enough power. Just like they're doing in Europe. In other words, Pandora's box has been opened. These Muslim mosques are creating a whole new level of use that has been done deliberately and with the understanding that they're creating an example that will be referenced in the future all around the USA regarding all of these lawsuits. So this will just become easier and easier and easier the more that these pathetic city councils don't fight this. Now, hopefully some of them will. I hope every one of them will. They need to be educated, regardless of the cost. You don't let evil take over. Because you might get sued by evil. Anyway, that's all I have for um, this part. I know this one ran way over, but I wanted to have this kind of all in one. So, um, God bless you, and uh, we will see you in part three.